I want to I want to talk to you. This this seems to be pressing on me, and I know that uh, some of you are gonna say, "Oh boy, uh, this is gonna be good," because uh, he's really gonna let some of them have it. No, I don't use the pulpit for whipping post. If uh, if I've got something against you or a group or whatever, I'm coming to you straight faced and tell you about it. I ain't gonna beat around the bush about it. And shame we missed you up here this morning. Uh, you feeling bad? And by you not being up here, I can still hear out of this ear a little bit. You know, it, it, it kind of helps. But I miss you. You've got to get back up here. You've got to get back up here. Anyway, if I didn't give these guys a scripture back here, but there's one I want them to put up there. And if, and if it doesn't mess up your uh, sound system or your whatever up there, just leave it up there if you would, please. And just put it up there and just leave it up there. And it's, uh, it's Romans 8, 28. Romans 8, 28. Uh, if you can find that in KJV, please. And, and just put it up there and leave it up there. And that's not what I'm going to preach from, really. You say, well, what's wrong with you? I don't know. A lot of people wondered that. I'm going to Ephesians chapter 5. And uh, you don't have to put that up. They know, you, if you're a Bible scholar in here this morning, you know most of this chapter pretty good anyway, so don't, don't worry about it unless you just want to go there. But chapter 5, I'm going to start at verse 20. And I need your prayers this morning, and I sincerely mean that. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives? How many wives do we have in here this morning? Next Sunday's Mother's Day. If you want to give your mother something good for Mother's Day, sit by the side of her in church. Got that in pretty good, didn't I? Thank you. One person agrees with me. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Not on one of the husbands said amen. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. And I'm going to read on through this, and I'll come back, Lord willing. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ... So let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle, or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh and of his bones. 
For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. I want to talk just a little bit first, and I certainly need your prayers. My goodness, I need your prayers all the time. Somebody said, well, you've been doing it long enough, you ought to know how. You don't ever know how to bring the Word of God without Him. You can read it, you can do anything you want to do, you can illustrate it, you can do everything you want to do, but unless He's in it, it's not worth the time it takes to do it. Husbands, love your wives. Wives, submit yourself unto your husbands. Go there for a moment or two. I want, uh, I want you to do something for me. If you're close to your husband and your wife, of course, there. If not, you might have to get somebody to fill in for you. But I want you women in here to look at a man, whether it be your husband or just somebody sitting next to you. I want you to look at a man and point your finger at him and say, you're nothing but dirt. Sister Sarah is getting a good kick out of this one. Have you done it? Did you get slapped? I'm telling you the truth. Don't look at me like that. You guys are nothing but dirt. We guys are nothing but dirt. Now, I want the husbands of the men to look at the wives and say, you're prime rib. For all, family. Bible didn't say anything about her being made out of dirt. She's made out of rib. She's prime rib, husbands. I've heard this message preached ever since I was growing up in the church. And I've been in the, uh, this organization, carried to it, forced to go to it, uh, Daddy didn't give me riddling. The riddling he gave me came off of a belt. Some people still need to hear the sound of a leather strap coming out from some loops on a pair of britches. We wouldn't have quite as many in the jail houses and we wouldn't have quite as many problems as we've got now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Tim sitting back there, he even knows how I look from sitting behind me on the stage. Because he sat behind me more than one Sunday morning trying to get him to behave in church. And three-fourths of the time it was somebody else got him in trouble and I had to punish him for it. And I had to apologize to him in when he got grown. 
and said you took a punishment for some other kids that got you into the mess. Tony got him into some of them. By the way, Tony's here this morning. Didn't you, Tony? See that? I'm getting honest confessions here this morning. And you say, well, is Tim Angel? Heavens no. I didn't see no wings sprouting. But, you know, both of them are here in church this morning. Come on. Both of them are in church this morning. But husbands and wives, and then I've said this on Father's Day, if you're a man and you're going to have your five minutes of pleasure, step up to the plate and do a lifetime of service to that child that you're born. So God is getting ready to do something in the church, but he first wants husbands and wives to be an example. We are to be an example of what Christ in the church is, folks. Now you help me for a little bit. Pray for me to quit after I get started and we'll be doing fine. Husbands, love your wives. I've heard people preach it. I've heard men preach it and just lay the women out. You would obey me. I'm your boss. I'm, I'm this, that, and the other. I'm that and the other. You could not possibly be further from the truth than that. She's not a doormat. She's not somebody to stomp your feet on. You are supposed to be man of the house enough to be the Christian leader and the provider of that household that that woman will submit to what you desire to do if you're a child of God. Now come on and help me a little bit. I, I don't have a note one this morning. I, I'm telling you what's truth. I don't, you don't need to even be looking. We, we as husbands, we as husbands, Lord, don't send me there, Lord, please. <laughs> We as husbands have a responsibility to our families. Stay with me a minute. We have been given the task of being the head of the house, of being the spiritual leader of that house. It's a proven fact that if you get Children to come to church without their parents, you have only about an 8% chance of winning that family. If you get mama to come with them, that goes up to about 20%. If you get daddy to come with all of them, it goes up in the 90s. We are given the task of our family being responsible for that family and seeing to it that they are raised up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Jeannie and Steve's got a little one. I don't see him. Is he here? He's over there. You've got a responsibility, Steve. You know that. You've got a responsibility. You're working for that. Now, I'm going to get into something else, and this gets close by home with all of us, mostly all of us. You know what? I'm not the pastor, so I can preach this stuff and go out and go home. <laughs> Always kind of wanted to be in this position. <laughs> I just didn't want man to fall off of a roof to put me in. My Lord. We have. Is it okay? We have bought so many gadgets. Lord have mercy. Wayne, what are you talking 
We have filled our homes with every modern convenience that you can possibly fill it with. That's okay. I'm not against that. I've got them. I got two TVs. We got two TVs. Some of you got three, don't you? Uh huh. See, I told you. I haven't even been in his house, not even three. We have got all kinds of things. We have decided to live better than the Joneses. I'm sorry. (laughs) And so, in doing so, we needed somebody else to bring in a little more. And we put all of them, if, if we possibly could, out in the workplace too. On, now you, are you going to help me? You going to get in your boat and come get me if I'm drowning? <laughs> Thank you. We have put them out in the workplace. Lord, have mercy. I don't want to do this in my family it's been in my family so I'm not preaching to you I'm preaching to us we have put them out in the workplace where they mingled with every pervert everything that possibly would entice them we have put them in a position where a lot of times they're gullible The divorce rate has skyrocketed off of that. One head of a place in a big mill in Alta Vista right here named Willie Hatcher told me himself several years ago, he said, I can tell in my workplace when a woman is getting primped up for another man said, I can tell the way she starts dressing, acting, coming to work, and all of this. I know something is going on. If they weren't there, it wouldn't happen. You say, well, if they don't want to, or if they want to, they're going to do it anyway. Sometimes, if you put a bottle of alcohol in front of one that just finished AA, it's tempting for him to take a swig. You don't tempt. You don't go there. But we have put them right out there where, and and right now, if you listen to this bunch of idiots in Washington, they want to take over everything. I don't want to go there either. But we we have created, we have created a problem within our own society that we are trying to put everybody out there And God knows who's raising the kids. In fact, part of the time, excuse my grandma, they ain't nobody. They're just growing up somewhere or another with somebody getting paid to look after them. This is not good, is it, Tommy? I need to change my subject, don't I? We... We are the example that Paul has given with Christ and the church. She is, she is supposed to be supplied life, spiritual guidance, and leadership by me. Yes, she worked for a while. 
She worked at GE. She worked at a woolen mill or somewhere or another. And I don't know. And she's piddled a little bit in the house over the years. She, she was working. She was working until, and, and Tim and Waylene were staying with my grandparents, catching the bus that morning, until one hot day in the summertime. After she'd got Tim fixed for school, he sneaked back across the field and put on a flannel shirt and wore it to school on the hottest day of the year. She said, "I got to quit work. I got to stay at home. Raise the kids." Try doing a woman's work in the house for a while. Anybody ever try it? Oh, they don't have much to do. Try it sometimes. Try it sometimes. She's worked hard. She's a good cook. She's better cook than my mama was. And you didn't want many people say that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, yeah, I'm getting some amen. It's good. It's good preaching, ain't it? It ain't me, though. It's him. Not, not me. We have, we have put ourselves in places that we should not be. Will you agree with me on that? We have created part of the problems that we have today. You say, what do you want to do? Keep them pregnant and barefooted? No. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the man being the provider. Let's turn this thing over with Christ and the church. That's what he's talking about. They said it. I'm talking about Christ and the church. This is a great mystery. I'm talking about Christ and the church. Has the Lord ever given the church explicit orders that you've got to do something this way? He doesn't do that. He gets us to follow Him and listen to Him by loving us. He has loved me so much as a person that I'm going to do what He asked me to do. You love her so much, she would probably get up and tell you you're a pile of dirt right now if you know she needed to. You see, when you gain their love, you're getting somewhere. Ken, Pastor Ken asked me one day, we were talking, and I said, you know, to be a pastor, and I feel half responsible for him because I'm the one that asked him to take this church and pastor it when I was overseas. And I said, now you are to be a servant to that church. And he looks at me kind of funny. Because the Bible says, let him that is greatest among you be your, say it loud, servant. Let him that is great. I'm the pastor. You're going to do what I tell you. I'm the husband. You're going to do what I tell you to do. And I'm the pastor. You've got to do what I say to do. No, 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 no. That's not the way you do it. I said, you have got to love those people so much that they will follow you wherever you lead them, and then they will serve you, and you are serving them. You see, a shepherd can lead the sheep into a fire. 
Sheep will follow that shepherd anywhere he leads them because the sheep are dumb enough to follow him because they trust him. We should be dumb enough, if I want to use that phraseology, we should be dumb enough to do away with all of our wants and our desires and our wishes and all of that and follow Jesus. I will follow him where he leads me. We sing that old song sometime and then turn around and do it the way we want to do it. Does this make any sense? We as a church, we have got to be the church. We have got to keep on being the church. We cannot entangle ourselves with the things of the world. If we do, we're going far enough away to commit adultery with Christ. Oh boy, that got your attention, didn't it? Does it make sense? When we start mingling with everything else that says, oh, I'm Christian, I'm Christ, I'm, I got a form of godliness and denying the power. But when we start mingling our Christian life in with that, we are committing adultery with the world. Boy, this is good and quiet this morning. You may be feeling bad. You could pray for me, you rascal. Instead of sitting there holding hands there. She's prime rib, you dirt. We must stay true to him. Be faithful to him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Wherever you go, whatever you do, stay faithful to him. Don't primp up for somebody else. Oh, we like to, we like to make a big splash, don't we? I'm going to tell you something this morning. The devil is not afraid of a large church. He couldn't care less. He wouldn't care if this church was packed from wall to wall. He's not afraid of a full church. What he's afraid of is a unified church. If it don't have but 10 people in it, if they're in unity, they can ask what they want and the Lord will give it to us. Fully believe that with all of my heart. We are missing out on a whole lot of blessings because we're playing around with something else. We must never forget who we are. We must never forget what we've been called to do. We must never forget that we are the light in our community. Wherever we go, there goes the church. This young man sitting over here on the end, I'm going to pick on him for just a little bit. You think you get off over here and I don't see you. How long have you been coming to church here? A little over two years. I had no idea who he was when he came here. I still don't know, but he's my brother. Had something to do with a prime rib. But let me tell you, he's got in here. He's taking lessons to play the guitar. 
I don't know what you're paying for them things. I can tell you how much I paid for mine. I paid Sears Roebuck 25 cents, one of them little books that told me uh, G and C and D and all that, 25 cents for that book. That was it. He's taking lessons to play the guitar. He's working faithful. He's coming here in practice, taking time out, coming here to practice. He's got a wife that's working in this church, got a young baby, got all of this. He has jumped in, and he's faithful to the church. He's done a great job. Done a great job. Give him a hand. Give him a good hand. Let him know you appreciate him. We don't get saved, sanctified, and satisfied. We get saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, and ready to work for the Lord. And when we get like that, we can get in unity in one accord. In one accord. And he's not the only one that's sacrificing here. Others are also. But in the days of Paul's writing, when Paul wrote the words that I just read to you, he was writing probably with some, uh, some indication of the way the law read and, and the way the Romans lived and so forth when he was talking about the husband and the wife. And I'm not trying to discount anything he wrote. Um, Paul was a great writer. I want to see him when I get to heaven after, after a million years with Jesus. It'd be good to spend a few with Paul, wouldn't it? So we're going to have a good time. But Paul wrote part of this out of rules and, and laws that others were. Christ did not destroy the law, let me tell you that. He fulfilled the law. And, and, and the thing of it is, we as the church this morning are still carrying on. We got to get rid of traditions and ideas and our opinions and buckle down to what he wants us to do. You say, well, preacher, how in the world can I live for him? Just live without sin. And let your light shine wherever you go. And you don't have to carry a banner around telling everybody I'm a Christian. But they'll know it. They will know it. Somebody ought to say amen. amen. They will know if you're a child of God or not. <laughs> How are they going to know it? By a conversation. Conversation doesn't always mean what's coming out of your mouth. I might even preach on the tongue one Sunday. I don't know. Lord help me. Conversation is your way of conduct too. It's also your way of dress. <laughs> oh, I want to say something so bad. I don't know what to do. I think I will. If he'll help me. Don't go around half dressed. Everybody knows what you got anyway. But don't go around half dressed to advertise it. And then if somebody looks at you or touches you, sue them. Forget it. Forget it. Dress as becometh holiness. Holiness. Talk has become holiness. Live so they'll say about you like they did about Christ's followers. Seems like they had been with the Lord. They acted as if they had been with the Lord. 
Isn't it good that somebody can look at you and say, I believe you're a Christian. You're acting like one. And you see, having the form of godliness but denying the power of God, that's not going to work. And that's what's going on in the world right today. That's why this church is three-fourths empty. You'll hop over to this other one to see what's going on over there and go to the next and see what's going on over there. Let me tell you one thing. There is, there is a true organization of people this morning that have vowed and declared that they will not serve another God, that they will be faithful to the Lord, that they will hold on to Him through thick and thin, whatever comes or goes. That's the little wheel in the big wheel, and that's the wheel that's going to turn this whole thing one way or the other, and it's going to turn it to Christ. And I believe that with all of my heart this morning. There is a nucleus of the saints of God somewhere or another that's going to branch out to everybody and draw all to Him if we will lift Him up. What are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? The devil don't care how many religions is in the world. He loves it. In fact, the Bible explicitly declares that there will be more and more in the last days professing to be Christians and saints of God. When we get close enough to God that we can tell whether he's rotten in the core or whether he's good all the way, then we'll be where the Lord wants us. We've got to get enough of the Spirit of God in us that we can discern the Spirit's right from the wrong and just because he looks at me and he said I'm a good apple that don't mean there's not a worm in there somewhere or another but the way he lives and the way he walks and the way he talks and what he does will tell me you say you judged him nope just a fruit inspector just a fruit inspector Jesus is looking for that church good lens of living huh? uh, He's getting ready to come back. I fully believe it with all of my heart that he's getting ready to come back. I said I didn't have any notes. I got one little one right here this morning I want to read to you before I leave. Paul devoted twice as much time in telling the husbands to love their wives as he did in telling the wives to submit to the husbands. You want me to run through that again? All right, listen to me this time then. Paul devoted twice as much time in telling the husbands to love their wives as he did in telling the wives to submit to their husbands. But Arlene, you've got to do exactly what I tell you to do. He told me twice as much that I need to do for you. So we have to be careful. We have to be very careful because we are members of his flesh and off his body and off his bones, we are flesh of each other and him. You can, you can live with a, if you're a man, you can live with a woman long enough that you begin to just about read their mind. You better believe it, depending on their mind, do you? In your case, I'm not sure you've got enough to comprehend it. <laughs> that girl's full. 
she's, she's lit up. Arlene was talking to me the other day. I think we was driving down the road or something. She started asking me something, and she quit in the middle of it, and she studying, 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 and I just went right ahead with the sentence. Yeah, that's it. I knew exactly what she was thinking. Somehow or another, it gets there. Can we, can we apply that same principle to Christ and the church that we have been with him enough and loved him enough and gone with him enough that we know what he's saying? Alicia up here a lot of times has a scripture to read before a certain song or something. She knows what we're going to sing, and the Lord gives her a scripture. I believe that. The Lord gives that scripture to her. You can be close enough to the Lord that he can talk to your heart and your mind. You're not going to hear him holler out at you, Hey, I need you to do this for me. He's not going to do that. He talks to your heart. And so this world is not our home. Anybody remember the old song we used to sing sometime? This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. Treasures are laid up. Somewhere belong the, beyond the blue. Angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Mama said I used to sing in my old rocking chair and rock back and forth. Said the angels peck on me from heaven's open door. I finally found out it was beckoning me instead of pecking me. I told the Lord this morning that I sure did thank him for that angel that he was keeping around me to watch over me and protect me. You know there's one watching you? He's in your bedroom at night watching over you there. He doesn't sleep. He's there with you. He's there going down the road. Thank the Lord he is the way some people drive. The world is not our home. Therefore, we must be in that community where Christ is ahead and where one part suffers. We all suffer. We must rescue our people at the risk of our lives. Bobby, if you've got a song, come on up with your singers this morning. If you want to. I didn't ask you beforehand. I apologize. I'm sorry. When the church could not operate above ground, she went underground. Did you hear me? When the church couldn't operate above ground, she went underground. Arlene and I walked through the catacombs under the city of Rome several years ago. It's one of the most uh, sobering feelings that you've ever had in your life. They're about so wide, they dug out the, the dirt under the Colosseum and under, the, under Rome is such that you can, uh, it's, it's, it's crazy type dirt. It's a dirt that uh, you can dig out just about with your hands and a little pick or a shovel or something. It's soft to dig it out, but once the air hits it and you let it sit there, it hardens almost like cement. So you can dig a tunnel through there, and as you go, it'll harden behind you. And in those catacombs, there are niches all in, in the walls, two, three, and four, and, and, and the catacombs are about seven feet high, I guess, six or seven feet high. You better follow your guide if you ever go there. You can get lost in them. They've had people get lost in there and took them days to find them because they have tunneled in such every direction possible. It's, it's unbelievable. 
But there's places in those walls, like you take out about five or six of these concrete uh, cinder block here. There's a body back in there. It was put back in there, and they put this dirt back over them, and it's sealed over. Some of them are six feet long. Some of them are babies. And they're all in those walls in there. The Germans killed 11.5 million of the Jews. But also Rome did their part of it. And you walk through there and you see all of those and you think, what would it be like to be standing in this place when Gabriel blows his horn? That place is going to blow apart, folks, because everything in there is Christians. It's going to be the greatest explosion probably on the planet to see them come out of that place. Children, mamas, daddies, all of that. It's sad. You are living in the last days right now. That scripture that's up there and been up there the whole time, and we know, you want to read it with me, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Notice it says they work together for good to the ones that are called according to his purpose. When the church couldn't operate above ground, she went underground. I believe in some areas we may have to do that again before the end of time. But who shall separate us from the love of God? Somebody's going to have to take the risk. We are one family all around the world. Some things seem impossible because of geography, money, and transportation. But the church will be the church. God holds the church in his hands. And he is able to make a way. We are a community bound by a common covenant, sharing in a common experience, bearing witness, citizens of a common heavenly country, and servants of a common Lord. Christ's prayer in John 17 demands a unified, visible witness upon this earth. Let the troublemakers cease their troubling. Contenders cease their dividing. Let us give up traditions and lifestyles. Proud, give up their pride. The white and the black, the Spanish and the English, the American and the Europeans, all sit together and let the church be the church. What's wrong with letting us be the church today as we need to be? We are one body of people united in Him. Can we do that? Can we experience that? Can we live that way? Yes, can we do that? We are one body of Christ. Thank you. God bless you. Would you stand this morning? If there's one in this building that needs to come and pray, if you have a need, this altar is always open.